Peace be upon you. So there is an Assyrian proverb that says the tallest blade of grass is the first to be cut. And this holds true for physical survival in a hostile environment. The last thing you want to do is to stick out to not conform. And it's advantageous to uh, join the crowd, join the herd, and to blend in as best you can if you want to physically survive in a hostile environment. And you see this across the animal kingdom. Uh, fish, they uh, travel in schools. Uh, such that they all move the same, look the same, probably even think the same. Same thing with birds. Birds will fly in formations uh, such that if a hawk or a predator was trying to target one of them, uh, it'd be very difficult. It'd be disorienting. And the survival rate of the population increases. And one of the more interesting uh, examples is that of zebras. Zebras have a very particular design, especially for their environment, that puzzled a lot of people for a long time to why they had this black and white pattern uh, that's so easily identifiable in an open grass field. Uh, you know, why didn't they look more like their surrounding? And what they believe they found out is that this orientation, while an isolated zebra becomes very easy to be identified, a herd of zebra, on the other hand, can be disorienting and confusing uh, to a lion who's trying to uh, uh, target one of them because as they, he approaches, he gets confused to which one he's actually going after and what direction they're moving. And um, what's fascinating is that while this approach works for physical survival, uh, blending in, conforming, uh, not sticking out, not being the uh, tallest blade of grass per se, when it comes to our spiritual survival, the complete opposite is true. A guaranteed ticket to a uh, one-way ticket to hell is following the majority. And uh, just conforming with what everyone else has to say and not thinking critically, not in essence um, uh, breaking rank and speaking the truth. In 7449, we read, it says, why are they so adverse to this reminder, running like zebras who are fleeing from the lion? My takeaway from this verse is that these people are trying to apply the same principle uh, that they use towards their physical survival for the sake of their spiritual survival. And this is a uh, losing strategy. And um, if you're joining the crowd, you're joining the herd, you're just kind of conforming, uh, thinking like everyone else, doing like everyone else, um, you're not going to be successful. God warns us about the majority in the Quran. In 6.1.16, it says, it says, If you obey the majority of people on earth, they will divert you from the path of God. They follow only conjecture. They only guess. And as believers, it's our duty in essence, to uh, to study, to learn, uh, to not take the words of other people blindly. Uh, we we are each responsible for our own necks, for our own decisions. And on the day of judgment, we can't make the claim that uh, someone else told us to do this as an excuse. Each of us are going to independently be standing before God and being answerable for everything we uh, we believed and everything that we acted upon. And um, we can't rely on our parents, uh, our scholars, our moms, uh, anyone in essence, uh, other than ourselves, uh, to hold any of this responsibility. And God warns us again about the majority of people on, um, the, uh, in the world that the majority of people do not believe in 12, one three says most people, no matter what you do, will not believe. This is just a statement of fact. So if you're following the majority, statistically it's, uh, weighted against you. And same thing in uh, 12106 is the majority of those who believe in God do not do so without committing idol worship. Meaning that even if you find someone who claims to believe in God, statistically, 
they're probably still committing idol worship. And the concept of idol worship is just putting a source beside that of God. Meaning God gave us clear revelations in the Quran, told us exactly how we're supposed to perform our uh, worship practices and to absolve of any form of idol worship. But if we choose to follow a source beside that of God in the Quran, um, we follow some other source, what we're doing is we're setting up that source as a God beside God. Meaning that if God tells me to do something and I choose to follow my parents instead when it comes to our religious salvation or choose to follow some uh, scholar or leader, I'm setting that individual up as a uh, source beside God and therefore I'm committing out of worship. God tells us in 6.121, it reads, Do not eat from that upon which the name of God has not been mentioned, for it is, it is an abomination. And then it continues, says, The devils inspire their allies to argue with you. If you obey them, you will be idol worshippers. Meaning that if God tells me, specifically in the Quran, that I'm supposed to mention God's name before I eat, and someone convinces me not to do that, and I choose to follow them, then I'm setting up that individual as a God beside God, and therefore I'm committing idol worship. So it's our utmost duty that we do not conform blindly with the uh, the, uh, the majority of people. That if we do this, uh, we have to evaluate. There's a quote that says, whenever you find yourself on the side of majority, it's time to reform or pause and reflect. And it's totally true because the vast majority, you look at just religion in general, how severely corrupted it is. Uh, you look at Christianity, Judaism, Islam. Uh, there is no religion out there that has not been severely uh, tampered by the devil. And it's our duty not to just conform with the majority, to think critically, to think for ourselves, to uh, investigate and analyze. God tells us in the Quran in 1736, it says, You shall not accept any information unless you verify it yourself. I've given you the hearing, the eyesight, and the brain, and you're responsible for using them. So every single one of us, we have these skills, these talents, these uh, information, these resources that God has provided us. And if we choose not to utilize them, if we choose to follow blindly, then we have no one to blame but ourselves. And anytime someone tells you the argument of why they're right is that because they're part of the majority, you know flat out that that's a uh, wrong answer. In 1973, it says, when our revelations are recited to them, clearly those who disbelieve say to those who believe, which of us is more prosperous? Which of us is in the majority? And I believe it's in the example of the... Uh, uh, the, the, the person who had a garden uh, who he was so proud of, um, he basically told the other person that, you know, I command more respect uh, th from the people than you do. And this is a sign of ego. This is a sign of arrogance. And to think that we're right because we're, we're part of a majority is uh, something that we should evaluate and uh, assess uh, to make sure that we're on the right path. And God tells us in the Quran that he made the Quran easy to learn. Does any of us wish to learn? And this is repeated numerous times in Surah 54. And it's up to us if we choose to follow it or not. And God tells us that those who are sincere, those who believe God alone, who worship God alone, irrespective of the name of their faith, that they're going to recognize the words of God as if they recognize their own children. In 620, it says, Those to whom we have given the scripture recognize this as they recognize their own children. The ones who lose their souls are those who do not believe. Meaning that if we choose, if we're genuinely sincere and we hear the word of God, we're going to see it for what it is. God is going to unlock that message for us. Uh, we had a podcast in the past discussing the, uh, the private key that God has given every single one of us who are sincere 
to unlock God's message, to be able to understand it and to be able to apply it to our life. Um, and this is what it comes down to. And we cannot say on the day of judgment that, you know, we were just following what our parents said. And you think of this statistically, uh, God told us that the majority of people in the world uh, aren't going to believe. And how those who believe the majority don't do so without coming idol worship. So statistically, the likeliness of our parents having the right understanding, the right belief, the uh, right religion is minuscule. And it's not to be mean or cruel or to uh, have a ding against our parents. It's to show the utmost importance for us to be able to make this decision uh, irrespective of what our parents believe or what we believe was right as we were uh, raised. Um, we have to assess this for ourselves. There is an um, expression in uh, the economics world that says, uh, the economy is too important to be left to the economist. And similarly, our religion, our salvation, our worship practices are way too important to be left to the hands of anyone other than ourselves. It's something that we have to take whole ownership of. And 2.170 reads, when they're told to follow what God has revealed herein, they say we follow only what we found our parents doing. What if their parents did not understand and were not guided? The example of such disbelievers is that of the parrots who repeat what they hear of sounds and calls without understanding. Deaf, dumb, and blind, they cannot understand. In Psalm 172, it reads, Recall that your Lord summoned all the descendants of Adam. So that's me and you. And it continues, and it says, And had them bear witness for themselves, am I not your Lord? They all said, Yes, we bear witness. Thus you cannot say on the day of resurrection, We were not aware of this. Nor can you say it was our parents who practiced idolatry, and we simply followed in their footsteps. Will you punish us because of what others have innovated? We thus explain the revelations to enable the people to redeem themselves. And it continues in 3121 says that when they are told, follow these revelations of God, they say, no, we follow only what we found our parents doing. What if the devil is leading them on to the agony of hell? In 5104, when they are told, come to what God has revealed and to the messenger, they say, what we found our parents doing is sufficient for us. What if their parents knew nothing and were not guided? And you think of this, how many people come to a belief that's different than what their parents had. Uh, and the vast majority of people will just follow the same religion, the same practices, the same beliefs as their parents. And it's, again, this is something in this world out of respect for our parents. Uh, we honor them. We respect them. We listen to them. We obey them. But when it comes to our religious salvation, it's something that we have to take upon ourselves. And it's not out of disrespect for the parents. It's a decision that each individual has to independently make because on the day of judgment, our parents are not going to be able to intercede on our behalf. Our imams, our scholars, anyone is not going to be able to intercede on the behalf of us as individuals. We're each going to be answerable to God alone. Um, and it's important to take that responsibility seriously. In 5105, it reads, Oh, you believe you should worry only about your own necks. If others go astray, they cannot hurt you as long as you are guided. To God is your ultimate destiny, all of you. Then he will inform you of everything you have done. And uh, 2134 says, such a community from the past, they are responsible for what they earned, and you are responsible for what you earned. You are not answerable for anything they have done. So, you know, we love our parents. We want the best for them. God willing, we want to, um, any information we have, we want to share with them. Uh, but we do not want to follow them blindly. Uh, if we do this, we're setting up our parents as an idol beside God. And um, again, this is a surefire way to uh, not make it into paradise, not make it back to God's kingdom. Uh, this decision is something that we have to take seriously. We have to do the research. God has given us an abundance of resource 
resources of uh, information access. Uh, anyone can pick up the Quran in pretty much any language and look at numerous translations and come to an understanding about what the verses uh, mean and how to apply them. In chapter 3, verse 7, God tells us that the majority of the Quran is straightforward, easy to understand, um, that there are some multiple meaning or allegorical verses, but those aren't the essence of the Quran. Um, that you know, people with doubt in their heart, they're going to pursue those multiple meaning to extricate a certain meaning out of them. And it says, none knows the, the meaning of it except your Lord and those well found in knowledge. And if we're sincere, God is going to give us the right understanding. But again, the bulk of the Quran, the vast majority of it, is straightforward. It's easy to understand. There isn't much debate in regards to the uh, translations. So you can pretty much pick up any Quran. And if you're sincere, God is going to open up your heart. But what others tell you, and it's predominantly among the, the religious elite, they believe that they have to serve as a conduit for understanding between what God said in the Quran and the uh, correct understanding. And this is just wrong. God has given us the uh, the information, and the only thing we need to unlock this information is sincerity. If we're sincere, we're going to be able to access the Quran, and God is going to make it obvious for us. And uh, we're going to see God's message very clearly. And we can't rely our salvation on the understanding of someone else. In 1421, it reads, when they all stand before God, the followers Followers will say to the leaders, we used to follow you. Can you spare us even a little bit of God's retribution? They will say, had God guided us, we would have guided you. Now it is too late. Whether we grieve or resort to patience, there is no exit for us. In 931, it says, they have set up the religious leaders and scholars as lords instead of God. Others defied the Messiah, Son of Mary. They were all commanded to worship only one God. There's no God except he, be he glorified, high above having partners. They want to put out God's light with their mouths, but God insists upon perfecting his light in spite of the disbelievers. And it's our duty, again, we cannot rely on other people. Now, we will consult, we'll look at information everywhere, we'll listen to arguments, but ultimately it's a decision we have to make ourselves. What is it that we choose to believe? How do we choose to practice? And anyone who's saying that in order for you to have guidance, in order for you to have the right understanding, you have to follow me. Unless that person is a messenger authorized by God, there is no benefit in doing that. And we see that consistently. God tells us in the Quran in chapter 65, verse 11, I believe, that God sends messengers in order to uh, give light to those in darkness, those who believe. Um, and that's the reality. There's going to be situations in time where the environment is so corrupt, so polluted, that it's going to be almost impossible to find the right guidance. And in those circumstances, God sends a messenger to clarify things for us. And you see this at the time of uh, Abraham. You know, his community was so corrupt that when he was preaching the worship of God alone, they wanted to, to uh, uh, throw him into a fire. His dad wanted to stone him. Same thing with Lot. Lot was living in a society that was so tyrannical that they forbid him from communicating with anyone outside of the community. Um, and you see this time and time again, Saleh, Hud, Muhammad, that you know these are individuals who are preaching the truth, who are authorized by God, providing a direct conduit uh, to what God's revelations are for mankind. And uh, under those circumstances, yeah, we follow uh, what the messenger said because you know before the, the Quran was written down and circulated, the only access people had was from the revelations that Prophet Muhammad provided. Um, but aside from that, if any individual is saying, in order for you to make it to God's kingdom, 
I have to interpret this for you. I have to tell you what the right answer is. Uh, you know that if you follow that individual, you're going to be sent astray. God made the religion easy, uh, made the religion uh, easy to understand, made the Quran easy to understand. And uh, if we choose to follow some other source to look for guidance elsewhere, um, then we're putting up that source as a source beside God. And the uh, last one that we just have to be conscientious of is, again, it's our own egos. And what you see is the other extreme where someone won't believe anything they hear and they only believe uh, their own opinion. Um, in 2543, it says, have you seen the one whose God is his own ego? Will you be his advocate? Do you think that most of them hear or understand? They're just like animals. No, they're far worse. In 4523, it reads, have you noted the one whose God is his ego? Consequently, God sends him astray despite his knowledge, seals his hearing in his mind, and places a veil on his eyes. Who then can guide him after such a decision by God? Would you not take heed? And this is the reality is that if we put our opinion above that of God and his messenger, um, above that of the Quran, if we have a belief that contradicts you know, verses in the Quran, then we're following our own ego. And there has to be a ground where we say, look, I'm going to follow the truth irrespective if it goes against my own personal opinion. And if you do that, if we're sincere, then we're guaranteed to make it back into God's uh, uh, kingdom. And um, one of the easy aspects to tell if you know it's our egos that we're following or if we're since uh following the, the the truth is trying our utmost to be sincere and i notice a correlation between sincerity and kindness and when someone is kind when someone is humble when someone is um uh in essence genuinely trying to seek the pleasure of god and not the uh respect of individuals um they'll be able to unlock and they'll be able to find some deep meanings within the quran and um if we're lucky, you know, we too can unlock those messages. In 2285 reads, the messengers believed in what was sent down to him from his Lord, and so did the believers. They believe in God, his angels, his scripture, and his messengers. We make no distinction among any of his messengers. They say, we hear and we obey. Forgive us, our Lord. To you is the ultimate destiny. That's what it comes down to, is that when we unlock the Quran, we have to accept the message wholeheartedly. We have to apply it to the best we can. Now, there's going to be elements that are going to be unclear for us. But if we ask it in the light of uh, the Quran, if we implore God, God is going to give us the right answers. In um, 5101, just read this really quick. It says, um, Oh, you who believe, do not ask about matters which, if revealed to you prematurely, would hurt you. If you ask about them in the light of the Quran, they will become obvious to you. God has deliberately overlooked them. God is forgiver, clement. Meaning that when we first read the Quran, even as an adult, uh, you know, throughout our lives, there's going to be portions we might not understand. And when the time is right, God is going to make it obvious for us. And there's some portions we may never understand, but that's okay because it doesn't affect our salvation. God is, as long as we're sincere, as long as we're imploring God to understand the truth, God is going to unlock this message uh, for us and allow us to be able to understand and apply what's important for us at that time. Now, the foundation of the belief is going to be obvious. It's going to be easy. Um, but as we go deeper, we just have to be patient. We have to trust in God. And God is going to guide us in the right path. So, God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, hit us up at QuranTalk at gmail.com or on Twitter at TalkQuran. And until next time, peace and God bless.